0: hello and welcome to another episode of the how to scale a business podcast this is hector santhi esteban and i'm your host for today and we're here with lisa zarotny and we're gonna talk about being positively productive and it was it's really fitting actually now that i think about it because we hopped on and lisa's also one of my last calls and i think i'm a little earlier in the day than her but she just hopped on with so much energy and spryness so i'm excited to dig in and i promise not to be one of those energy vampires but hopefully I can level up to where you're at because as soon as we get off today's call, I'm going to jump into dad mode and take over and we're headed to the park and then we've got the grocery store and then we've got bedtime. So anyways, Lisa, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Hector. As I said, the big part of my energy coming into this is just gratitude. I'm grateful to be here and to have this conversation with you and this is something I love. So I think we find the energy for what we love.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that some of these conversations can get very technical and numbers and strategy. You know, there is a side of business that is that. But then there's also the personal side of business. There's the getting up and the moving forward, the emotional side. There's that whole side of it, which I don't think gets enough attention early on when people are getting into business. They get in and they've got their business plan and they've got their marketing. They've dialed all this in, but then they get smacked in the face with reality. And then here comes Lisa. So catch us up on how you got into what you're doing, a little bit about what you're doing now and and how you help people through some of those things.
1: Sure thing. So, I mean, you talk about when we get <laughs> smacked in the face with reality. Well, the reality for me once upon a time was being in parental mode. I still am, but I mean, with young ones. And I was also a caregiver for my mom, and it was survival mode. I am not new to being an entrepreneur. You know, I've had a lot of different businesses, a lot of different jobs. And that moment in time, it brought about so much clarity as to how quickly life can turn on us and what's really important. And, you know, understanding that we need to be living our lives too. It's not just about, like you said, all the stats and all the, the focus on the business. Yes, we want to be successful, we want to be viable, absolutely. But we want that joy in our lives as well. So, really, the caregiver side, being in survival mode, being drained to a point where I needed to come back and figure out how I wanted to restructure my life and my work. That was the pivotal moment for me. And positively productive was born of actually the like professional organizing kind of vibe that I was helping others with because I did it myself. When I could see how drained I was and how I was done with everything, the way to come back from that was not to add something else to my life. And I did have that moment where it's was like, "Oh, what do I have to do? Do I get a job or do I start a new business? I mean, what do I do? And this voice inside me said, whoa hang on, take a break, take a breath, clear a path. There's so much that you haven't tended to in forever, including yourself. And that's what I did. So decluttering was that first step, opening up and getting very clear. And the minute I did that, I was like, okay, I figured something out here. I need to share it with others. That's my MO. So it began helping others declutter physically as a professional organizer but that led so quickly to the productivity coaching side of it because really it's not about the physical stuff the physical stuff is a manifestation it's what affects and reflects your life your mind how you function how you live your life how you experience the joy and i just i was like okay <laughs> there's something here and if i can bypass and get into the head and the heart of the matter With my clients, the clutter will resolve itself and they'll come from a different place, a different strength that feels a lot easier than sometimes we make our lives.
0: Yeah. I got into business and I was thrown into direct sales and I'm grateful because it was a skill that I desperately needed. But what was interesting is that you learn all these quote unquote hard skills and sales skills and sales tactics and closes and all these types of things. And what I realized was that what actually moved the needle was not focusing on what to say to other people, but it was more important about the conversation that was going on in my own head. And it was about the conversation or the things that I was saying to myself. To that point, one of the big things that we've got to do is clear out our head, declutter your own inner and mental space. So is that something that comes up for you and some of the people that you're working with?
1: Very much so, and in two ways. So one of them is this sort of mindset side that you could be speaking of. Those are our limiting beliefs, right? And the things that like hold us back. So when I'm talking with a client and we're talking about a habit that they want to develop and they're struggling to do it, and it's like, okay, so we've established it. We figured out how you're going to do this and you're not doing it. What are you afraid of? Why has this not gotten done? And it's, oh, I'm not afraid of, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) you know. So there's that aspect of it. And there's also the overwhelm side, the mental clutter of having the to-do list in your head, right? The running list, because you don't want to forget it, but you don't have the proper systems in place. That's where like the rubber meets the road in terms of productivity, right? But those to-dos can meld with mindset because they can come from obligations that you perceive that you have, letting other people put stuff on your list. When someone says to me, oh, this is urgent, I'm like, whose urgent is it, right? yours or theirs. Let's be very clear. So yeah, that clarity of the mind, emotionally, mentally, just information in general, and especially multi-passionates. And those are my people that I am one. Those are the ones who, the lifelong learners, the serial entrepreneurs, the ones who have all the ideas, love all the things, want to do it all. And I'd like to do it now. Okay. (laughs) Can't do it all at one time. So how do we break it down? How do we prioritize and how do we honor What you love. Yeah, it's all intermingled. And if we address it all holistically, that's when you'll truly be productive.
0: I'd love to get into if there is some systems to it, right? Because I've never heard something called multi passionate. I always called it, you know, squirrel syndrome. Right? Shiny object syndrome. But I think that it's two sides to the same coin, perhaps. But before we get into some of those things that I think are valuable, I'm always curious about the blind spots. You know, when you are working with a lot of people and a lot of people who are similar and they're serial entrepreneurs, are there any blind spots, anything that you see a lot of people messing up initially, or even I like to think of it as like the low hanging fruit where it's perhaps the 80%, right? If we, or the 20% here that fixes the big 80%. Like, is there anything that if people like, man, if they just saw this, this would make such a big difference? Is there anything that you come across like that?
1: I love that you asked that. I love that you brought up 80-20, the uh, Pareto principle here, right? And just that concept alone, let's dive off there. I love using the 80-20 principle where you're like, listen, you can get 80% of the way toward your goal with just 20% of the input, the effort, right? So literally, it's using that concept as a filter for whatever it is you have on your task list. That's the first thing that comes to mind, again, because our task lists could be inundated. So let's start at the beginning with, you've got these ideas, maybe you're taught to like mind sweep. I do that with my clients. I have a worksheet called a focus file, right? Where it's like five minutes, you can do it right now, no worksheet needed, and you get everything out of your head and onto paper or onto your iPad, wherever you want to put it, but that it's safe. And it's so important you know that's not your to-do list. It's your to-choose list then you take pieces of and you decide what to do. You process it. So when we look at all these tasks, all these ideas, everything that's coming at us, everything that we generate, multi-passionate, polymath, multi-potentialate, serial entrepreneur, whatever you call it, you're right. We can be squirrely. It can be bright, shiny objects. But I wanted to address that because it's the positive side. Yes, there's ADHD, there's focus issues. But for the most part, Sometimes it's just the joy in creating that can let us go too far. So we need to look at that list very seriously, understand our mission and our goals and do that 80-20. It's like, okay, when I'm looking at this list, what do I need to do right now? Income producing, maybe activity. That's a big miss a lot of times because we love to get into the busy work or the fun work. We look at what's going to get us 80% of the way to that goal. And if you think about it, that's going to be whatever that list is you have, even if you've carved it down, it's still going to be 20%. So if you think about it that way, you can start looking for that 20% that's going to get you there.
0: So when we get back from break, Lisa, I want to ask about some of these systems or habits or rituals, because I got to imagine that's a big part of the magic is building these into your day and your routine and stuff. We're going to get into that right after we get back from break. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening today. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media, and we are a small group of genius makers. Well, on our website, we say we're a podcast production company, but if you have a mission or a message or a passion, a purpose, something that you want to get out to the world, but don't necessarily have the time or the tech skills to be able to do it, we can help. Go to amplifymedia.com. That's A-M-P-L-A-F-Y media.com. You can also check the show notes for info. You can find out everything there. And with that, let's get back to today's interview. Okay, Lisa, so I like the first half of these episodes to kind of give some context and hopefully for people to hit the urgent button and realize that they've got to do something, right? Then they're probably asking themselves, okay, what do I do? How do I get started? Are there any easy big rocks or anything that someone can get going with?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to walk you through it like we're working together already, like I'm your coach. And some of this might surprise you, but I promise you when you do this, when you move the big rocks, right, when you move the right ones, then everything else subsequently becomes easier, right? It feels like it's not as heavy. It's not as difficult. That's what we're trying to accomplish here. The first thing actually is one of the things that I mentioned before break of doing a mind sweep or a brain dump or whatever you want to call it to make sure you're not holding information. David Allen, getting things done, one of my favorites, you know, he's like, our brains are for creating and innovating, not for holding information. So we want to make sure we have a trusted system. And the coolest thing is your trusted system can be a notebook for now. It does not have to be anything complicated. Just get it out of your brain. Okay, that's number one. And number two, and it's almost like part 1A, 1B, because it's so important. Before you decide anything else in terms of habits and systems, you have to know yourself. My contention here is that your number one productivity tool is self-awareness. You have to know, are you squirrely? What distracts you? What do you love? Where do you lose track of time in the best way? Where do you lose track of time in a way that doesn't serve you? What are your strengths? What are your core values that drive you? Is your mission for your business connected properly to that? Are things in alignment? So really, first things first, after we're done with this conversation, Start doing some assessments. When is your energy best during the day? These are all things that we go over. And at first, they may not feel like, oh, wait, but what about systems and habits? What about a platform to do task management? We'll get there. But you need to know how you work best. If you are an introvert who has a circadian rhythm where your energy is mostly at night, you're not going to do well in business by joining a networking group that you meet in person in the mornings. Well, maybe you will. But I'm saying you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Let's lean into what you can do best. There are some who are very visual and love like post-it notes and moving things around. Trello may be a platform you'll want to use for project management over something like Asana. You know, there's different aspects, there's different opportunities out there to create systems, but the first thing you have to know is what's going to be really in tune with you, how your brain works, and also be easiest. Because... There's a concept in productivity and for habit development called friction, where it's how difficult is it to take that step? You want the easiest step possible. Uh, Personally, I use Todoist. It's not even a shout out to them. I'm just telling you, I happen to use that personally. And one of the reasons was because on every device I have, I can access that. I can hit the plus button and I can add a task the minute my brain thinks of it. So I can get it safely out of my head and into a system where I can check on it later. I know where it is. That's why I use it. So step number one, I know it doesn't sound exciting, (laughs) but it really is knowing yourself and getting it out of your brain.
0: Yeah. So important to actually make it work, whether it's fitness or finances or relationships. Maybe it works over the short term, but over the long term, you've really got to find something that fits. Okay. So let's keep going. This is great.
1: Yeah. So with that, once you get a better sense of who you are, what you're doing, how you work best, what your values are, now you can start to create and innovate. And that's really where I come in with my clients is we come up with different ways that you may not have thought to track something. Not everybody needs a specific calendar with specific color coordination. What you need to know is what's going on in your life, what do you need to keep track of, what do you need to get done, and how are you going to do that? For some people, they hardly need to-do lists, not my people, but some who could just, you know, if they have something, they could put it right in a calendar. That's a thing. You're also talking about habits. One of the things we discussed when we first hopped on was that consistency in podcasting, showing up. In my case, it's every week, you know, however frequently you need to be doing it. But when you are first starting these tasks, you need to address what's doable to you That's where the consistency comes in. That's where the habit development comes from. And then that's where the momentum builds. Too often, what we do in business is like when we go to the gym and we're like, put the heaviest weight on. You're going to pull something, if not worse, and you're not going to make the progress. I know it's hard when you want it done. You want it done yesterday. You want it all now. (laughs) We're very instant gratification oriented. It's challenging to take those really small steps. The tiny habits, atomic habits was huge for a reason, right? Because that works because low friction, the smallest, simplest step that you're actually thinking to yourself, is this even going to work? Yes, because it's going to create the foundation you need to build on it. So that's the same thing with a system too. You don't have to have a fancy, complex system to manage your tasks. First thing you do, good notes on your iPad or a notebook in front of you, a rocket book, if you want to keep things more environmentally friendly. Wherever it is, you just write down the things, you keep track of it, you process it, you get it into your calendar. Boom, that's a system. Don't overthink it. Don't try to overcomplicate it. Start small.
0: Yeah. I think that's also a challenge. And even when listening to this is that it's like a buffet you're going to have to pick and choose what you like. And there's no one prescription that seems to be a panacea for everybody, right? It's something that you've got to iterate and test and try out and fine tune, you know, what works for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, the process itself, and even then I wouldn't use the word panacea. And I think you're absolutely right because we can't pretend that there's the one answer, the magic bullet, And most of the time, the reason that we have an email inbox filled with the different courses and the different templates and the different things that we've bought, then we're trying it and it's not working, is because of that desire to be like, there's that one thing that's going to fix it. The one thing is actually you when you understand the things that you like and the things that are coming easily to you that you're like, oh, that's something I can do. So if you walk away saying, all right, the next thing I pick up, you know, that feels like, oh. I can do that. That's what you want to do to start the process. And you're right. You do have to have iterations. You try something and then maybe you're like, hmm, I think I'm going (laughs) to make adjustments. But the real key is making them based on what you know about you and being so careful. And this is another thing we do in business all the time is looking outward. And I understand we have trusted mentors and friends, fellow entrepreneurs that are doing amazing things. Just because it works for them doesn't mean it will work for you. It doesn't mean you can't take whatever they're doing under advisement, maybe try it out, but keep paying attention to what you already know because you have so many of the answers already.
0: This is such, I think, masterclass in habit development in really less than 20 minutes here. So this is good stuff. What I'm learning as well is becoming increasingly important where I'm at is the habit development. I'm getting good at that, building that in processes systems individually and then even at organizational level, the next layer that we're building on and what I'm imagining is part of the process too, is assessing and analyzing, getting feedback or having some sort of quantifiable data that in a certain amount of time, whether it's honing in on what our sprint season is, but at a certain amount of time, looking back and reflecting on what went well, what didn't, and then finding ways to improve from there. Is that a part of the process too, or how does that feedback loop work into it?
1: I think it's a very important part of the process. And one of the things that you mentioned, you know, like reflecting, building in time, by the way, as you are building in time in your calendar for the meetings that you have and for the work that you're going to be doing, working on your versus in your business, making sure that there's enough time for both. You also want to build in regular time to reflect, review, and then look ahead. But one of the things I wanted to bring up that actually calls back something you mentioned in the very beginning, which is, yeah, we have a lot of... I was going to go corporate speak with KPIs, our key performance indicators. There's a lot of ways that we look at things as a, let's put air quotes around success. And I'm not saying... Not to do that because when you have a business, you do need to see is it viable? You know, are people paying for what I'm offering? So that is an important aspect. But when you're creating habits and you are creating things, there's different timelines. I think podcasting can be a great example depending upon what you're trying to achieve. I know for me, it was more of a marathon than a sprint. It was the, what's my first goal? My first goal is to show up consistently every week. So in any habit development, you need to pay attention to different aspects than just tying it into the results, if that makes sense. Yes, you want to see results, but sometimes the more important performance indicator is the attempt. And that can be really challenging, I think, as an entrepreneur. But it's an important point to think about, are you taking each step? Because trying to do the habit seven out of seven days of the week deserves celebration, even if the performance didn't feel up to your hopes.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up. In this Evolution of myself. I've realized that at a certain point, I can't focus on building the habit and how I'm performing at it. I can't, if I'm caring about how I'm doing and then I'm trying to build the habit, I get too mental and I get too upset. And then that increases that friction that you're talking about. Yeah. Right? And
1: the self sabotage potential, right? Because then totally. at that point, we totally get into that wealth. And what's the point? This is ridiculous. It's useless. Why am I even doing this? And then at that point, you're just like, mm, all right. I'm done. And then you've lost the potential momentum that you're building without even realizing. It reminds me of one of the memes I've seen out there where someone has like a pickaxe and they're chipping into the ground toward their goal and they keep going. And then they're like, uh, oh, I don't see any progress. And then they stop and they were like one more chip away. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they gave up on the process. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Is there anything that we didn't get to? I know we've covered a lot and we might have to bring it back for a second one to, to deep dive into these, but is there anything else that you're like, yeah, we have to include this because if we don't mention this, then none of this works. No. Is there anything that is fresh on your mind that you want to get out before we kind of start to wrap things up for today?
1: I'm going to give you a framework that I love to offer. That's It's a little variation on a theme that you may have seen out there. You may have seen references to like three Ds or whatever. And this is my four Ds in a very specific order. And maybe I can come back on and we can deep dive into them. But the first D, when you're looking at a task list, a to-do list, and you're like, is this really what I should be working with? Here's a way that you can kind of clean it up and get very clear very fast. And the first is to delete or declutter. What doesn't belong there in the first place? Somebody else put it on there. It seemed like a good idea at the time. It's completely outdated. It's done. And that's important. That's the first thing because you don't want to organize what you don't intend to keep. You don't want to list what you don't intend to do. Got to get real about that. And sometimes that's hard, but it's worth it. Then the next thing after that is looking at what you can delegate and looking at it and saying, hmm, how can this get done? I didn't say, how can I do it? I said, how can it get done? Be creative. It could get done through volunteer. It could get done through paid work. It could get done through automation. There's a lot of different ways. Delegation you know, is so important. Then the third D is delay. And that means very intentionally saying, okay, I got some stuff on my list, but I don't have the bandwidth right now. It needs to go in a different place because otherwise it becomes clutter because it's in my way and doesn't allow me the space I need to focus on what I need to focus on right now. And the reason I say it's so important to have it intentional is because when it sits there, it does become this clutter that's like makes you guilty. I'm not getting to that. I keep not getting to that. It's like, yeah, but I have other stuff to get to. If you intentionally say, I will revisit this in six months or a year, or it could be two weeks from now. It's not a not ever. It's not even a while. It's just a not now. And you need to be clear when you do those three, then you can get to the 4D that's called do. Now you can do it. Now you can apply all the productivity techniques you want. Your Pomodoro, you know, you could do your sprints or you can look and say, okay, now we can look at what's urgent and important and use our Eisenhower matrix to figure out, you know, or what's the ROI here. Even the eighty twenty makes so much more sense when you're doing it on that portion. That's what I would want to leave you with today.
0: Yeah. And it's so fitting because my task list and you're writing it all down, but when you don't do the delete or the delay and it's all in one place, then having those frameworks get all muddied. And so those first three steps are so important. Lisa, where can people go to get connected with you? I know you're coming up, you just hit your 150 episode of your podcast. So if people want to get connected with you or go deeper in your world, where can they go?
1: We could. Always find me and find all of the places that I hang out via my website, positivelyproductive.com. My podcast, you're listening to an awesome one here, same platform. You can find me at Positively Living, and I would love for you to come check that out. If you like to play on Instagram and get really ridiculous and have some laughs, which I consider stress release, then come play with me on Instagram at positively underscore Lisa.
0: I love it. Go get connected with her. And my last question for you, Lisa, is in your opinion, what is the secret to growing or scaling a business?
1: You know, I was bouncing around this idea of could we talk about delegation and can we talk about automation and things like that? But honestly, what's really consistent on brand for me is to answer you this. Are you clear on what you want to do with your business? What is the ultimate goal? Are you trying to reach more people? Are you trying to grow your revenue? Being very specific about what you want to do is going to give you the answer (laughs) as to what aspects of your business you need to grow and then potentially delegate or change so that you can figure out, do I need to go into an agency model or do I need to create products and services that are more hands-off? What do I need to do? It's that clarity of uh, purpose and mission. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. This has been a fantastic conversation, Lisa. I appreciate you spending some time with us. Listeners, first off, thank you for sticking with us. If you got any value out of today, we would love and appreciate a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know someone who is scaling a business, thinking about starting one, send them this episode. And then I would encourage you to take at least one thing that you learned today, go out, implement it, let us know how it goes. We want to hear about your success. And thanks as always for being a part of the How to Scale a Business Tribe We'll see you on the next one. Later, y'all.